Trading at Schwab is now powered by Ameritrade, bringing you an expanding library of education with even more ways to sharpen your trading skills. Access new online courses, insightful webcasts, articles, engaging videos, and more, all curated just for traders. Plus, guided learning paths with content designed to fit your unique interests. No sifting to find exactly what you need so you can spend your time learning to trade brilliantly. Learn more at schwab.com slash trading. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Pricing, it's crucial to business survival and success, but it's arguably the most difficult business function to get right. According to our guest here in studio with us today, Tim Smith. He's the founder and CEO of Wigloff Pricing. He's an adjunct professor at DePaul University. And importantly, he's the author of the new book, Pricing Done Right, the pricing framework proven successful by the world's most profitable companies. Congratulations, Tim, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So first of all, tell us about your your pricing model. What is the what is it that you have analyzed and distilled down that a lot of companies don't really grasp? Well, I've been taking a look at pricing as an organizational challenge, not as a algorithm or a methodology challenge. That was handled in my textbook pricing strategy. In this book what I'm looking at is great, we have all this technology, these methodologies. How do you implement it if you're like GE or if you're Emerson or Abercrombie and Fitch. How do you actually apply these questions? Well, let's talk a little bit about the details of pricing on an industry-by-industry basis, because just before you came on, you were talking about how sometimes the pricing strategy for one industry at one particular time in history doesn't apply to what's going on currently. Give us the sort of current state of pricing and then what you see is a better way to do it. Uh, the, the past state that I'm transitioning or the industry is transitioning was cost plus. Finance will go out there and say, this is my margin. I want you to go get. Marketing will say, great, I'll make products that should get that margin. And sales will say, yeah, nobody will buy that. Give me a discount and I'll sell it. It didn't work. So we're throwing that paradigm away of cost plus pricing and arguments and replacing it with value-based pricing, focusing on the customer and how that specific customer set sees the offering, be it product or service, and they're willing to pay for it. And a good example of how something works one and the other one doesn't work in the other, you take a look at um, Johnson, who worked at Apple. Worked out wonderfully, you know, this single price, everybody pay this basic price. Yeah, Ron Johnson, right? Uh, formerly the, the CEO of Apple. Yeah, Ron Johnson. And then he transfers that same concept, methodology, to J.C. Penney and complete disaster. He just destroys the company and he has to go after a year and a quarter. So tell us then a little bit more, because I think for a lot of people, it still sort of sounds like management speak. The culture around value-based pricing, how does that work? What is it? The culture around value-based pricing is focusing on the customer. 
And if I had to put that in, in, in a simple paradigm, I'd say from the customer's perspective, the customer is asking when they approach your company, what's my alternative? Are you offering me something better or worse? And do I care about that differential? And so the pricing comes in and prices against the competitor adjusted for the value differential. That's the new culture, the concept, everything focusing on customer valuation, not something else. Have you met chief executives who do not know the price of their products or how the prices were arrived at? Oh, I've met many chief executives who don't know the specific means at which a price is arrived at. And let's talk in public news. Take a look at Granger. Granger went from 400,000 products to 1.6 million products. Granger went from about a 4 billion in revenue to about 9 to 10 billion in revenue. Granger quadrupled its profitability over that same time period. There's no way you can expect that CEO to know the price on 1.6 billion products with millions of transactions every day managing a customer like GE versus managing a small customer who's running a mom-and-pop garage door shop. There's no way. So, Tim, uh, you know, you point out, I mean, it's, some people have to rely on discounting. Others hardly discount at all. But if I'm running a company, I've never done it. Hats off to everyone who does. But if I see my competitor cutting their price, I would think my knee-jerk reaction is, I better cut mine too. Well, that is the knee-jerk reaction, and you can destroy your company that way. Or that's the right reaction. It's not one or the – it's not a – one-size-fits-all solution. Think about uh, two cars, Porsche versus Volkswagen. Have you ever seen a Porsche discounted? Hmm, probably not, unless it's already used and on <laughs> Craigslist or eBay. Right. You don't discount Porsche. But Volkswagens, they compete heavily down at the bottom end of the GMs, etc. It depends on who your target market is and how that target market is price-sensitive. Not every customer is price-sensitive. You speak about the, uh, and just to correct myself, uh, Ron Johnson, he was never the chief executive of Apple. He was the senior VP of retail operations, then went to uh, JCPenney. But uh, talk about the different departments inside an organization and their responsibility for getting pricing strategy at least uh, on, the, on the radar. So as I stated in the past, we had finance setting margins, marketing going out and developing products and sales going and discounting it away. What's changing to get pricing right is we're adding those three in the initial all the way through to the end decisions with a new function, a pricing professional. And it's Emerson's, GE, lots of companies have added in this new function. The role of the pricing professional is to add analysis, so accuracy of decisions, and diplomacy, to try to get the two sides to talk together in a positive manner. Well, thank you for talking with us. Uh, Tim Smith is the founder and the chief executive of Wiglaf Pricing, adjunct professor at DePaul University, and the author of the new book, Pricing Done Right. This is Bloomberg. Osage County, Oklahoma, is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie's based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story, 
about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth, and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.